This call is being recorded. Good morning, team. Thank you so much for jumping on this call today. Listen, um, like I was mentioning to everybody that was on early, this is a topic that I have not discussed in the 10 years that I've been coaching, training, and mentoring people. Um, I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion. And up until today, I have not talked personal finance. I've left that to the professionals, um, financial advisors, accountants, attorneys, um, et cetera. But uh, as you guys know, Take Flight was built on the fundamentals of entrepreneurship, mindset, habits, routines, rituals. I love this word, essentialism, leverage, and relationships as key fundamental components that if used consistently are the foundation for building a predictable and enjoyable business. And as a reminder, last week I laid out the 30 things that I wish I knew by 30, which was comprised of the 30 guiding principles I had learned, tested and implemented into my life and business with great success and now use them in my coaching, training and mentoring. Um, and as I was writing that Monday morning pep talk, I realized that many of those guiding principles that I, that I was writing down had to do with personal finance, you know, a topic, like I mentioned that I had never brought into my content in the 10 years that I had been coaching. And I realized that last week that I needed to, uh, that there was probably a lot of things that I could say on this topic. But for some reason, I never did. Like I said, I kind of left it to the professionals. Um, and the more I thought about it, when we answer the questions, who do we want to be and how do we want to live, a lot of those questions revolve heavily, if not primarily, around money and finances, right? So I'm, I'm realizing every day that my experience, meaning the experience that, I was, that I've had and was created by the downturn of 2008, which was my classroom, you know, those five years, really up until today, they, those years were my classroom, my laboratory, and essentially my canvas. I learned more about what not to do in some cases as I did these financial best practices that I will introduce to you today. So again, let's get to this topic that I've never ventured, financial literacy 101. But before we start, realize, just know that I am coming to you as your coach, okay? I'm not a certified financial planner, not an accountant, I'm not an attorney. I'm a 53-year-old that has just, it's got a few more years on this topic, a few more you know years of experience than most of you, right? And my goal here today is to get real with you and to point you in the right direction as to how you should build a financial mindset and a financial blueprint for yourself. I'm not coming here to judge or anything. Everybody's in different scenarios and different situations as it relates to this topic. Okay. So I'm going to start 
with 10 basic truths that I, that I, that have been confirmed through my experience and they are basic. They're not rocket science. They're not my original ideas, obviously, but vital to your personal financial health. Okay. Number one, time is your biggest asset. Attach a value to it and protect it. Manage to it and build your business around it. You can always make more money, but time is the only thing that we cannot replace. So use it wisely. Number two, income. What I would say is when you're in your 20s and 30s, work like crazy. Build a business using take flight and ninja selling principles that is predictable, enjoyable, and creates significant income. In your 40s and 50s, maximize your earnings while starting to put up some more defined boundaries around your time. Your quality of life starts with your ability to create income. In your 60s and 70s and 80s and is when you want to enjoy the fruits of your labor that you created in your earning years. Number three, spending. Very simple, spend less than you make. Simple, but a really hard concept for most of us to get our arms around. Yes, spend, spend less than you make. In your 20s and 30s, live like a student and pile up cash and investments before your life responsibilities start to take shape, i.e. your family, if that's something you decide to do. I did the math this weekend, and my daughters each, conservatively, will cost about a million dollars plus each to raise. Now, I would never, ever put a dollar amount on them. They are worth every penny that my wife and I spend, but you need to understand the financial commitment so you can plan accordingly, okay? These are raw realities no one even wants to discuss, but you need to understand that's the reality, okay? So understand that. Number four, hire a supportive and talented financial team. Every productive broker needs an accountant, financial planner, and access to a personal attorney to lead them in the right direction financially. Like I said, I'm not a certified financial planner, accountant, or an attorney. Rather, just a person that can give you some real basic, real-life advice on the do's and don'ts. You need these three people in your life, okay? And take your time and put a lot of effort in it, into identifying the right people. Number five, pay your taxes. Make those estimated taxes payments quarterly. That money is not yours. You need to remember that. That money is not yours. Get it out of your account and pay those estimated payments on time. If you've learned the hard way, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. 
consult your accountant on how much you should pay each quarter. And it's so important to have an accountant that will hold you accountable in this area. But have those taxes automated. The, that, that money comes in, have it 40% go immediately to a tax account. And then pay those taxes quarterly. Number six, automate. Commissions come in, like I said, 40%. Should immediately go to your account to that tax account and make it difficult to get to. Okay. 40% should go to your operating accounts, you know, to pay your bills, et cetera. And 20% should go to savings and investments. The older you get and the more money you make, that 40% you live on should be closer to 20% with 40% going to investments. Okay. Now, that seems like a big number. Seems like a big number, but make it a goal, okay? Um, consult, again, your financial advisor on how to diversify your investments. I've got a book recommendation for you if this is a topic of interest, which it must be because you're on here today. I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi is a great book on personal finance. Okay, and how to automate your finances. This is something that I have done just recently. And it's amazing when you don't see the money, it's pretty hard to spend, right? Comes in, it immediately goes to, to accounts. So automate, that's number six. Number seven, avoid credit cards that are not paid off every month. They should be used as a vehicle to protect your purchases, track spending, and run your business. I want you to hear something here, okay? They come with a credit limit, not a credit goal. Unfortunately, many people learn the hard way in this area. Savings. As a real estate broker, you should really curb your spending until you have at least three months of living, ex living expenses set aside. Move that to six to 12 months for pure, quote unquote, so you can sleep at night reasons. If your real estate career is 25 to 30 years, you will have four to five real estate cycles that are really super scary, where buyers just stop buying real estate. We had 2008 to 2012 as an example. You guys probably are sick of me bringing that up. And last year, for a short period, COVID had all of us thinking Armageddon, right? Had us thinking the worst in possible terms as it, as it related to our ability to go and sell real estate. That April through June timeframe was a little tight. You need to make sure you got enough savings that you can live through and survive a very lean period of time. And let me tell you, you will experience those type of markets. Expect it every about every seven to eight years. Number nine, start early. The biggest regret most people have that are in their 50s and 60s that they weren't more aggressive in their earlier age, in their earlier ages, right? 
that they didn't start earlier. And like I said, more aggressive. Most don't start earlier primarily because they're just simply financially uneducated, right? Maybe you didn't have that person in your life that said, no, you're doing this. Whether it be a parent or, a, you know, a friend or a sibling, an older sibling that just set you down and said, no, you're being crazy. This is how we need to set this up. And they sit you down and they make you do it. Most people don't have that, including me. Hence, part of the reason I am having this call today. Part of my desire to create legacy. I want this to be an area that you listen and you listen strongly about what it takes. Number 10, the Joneses could care less. Don't compete. Be you. Nobody cares what you drive, what you wear, or where you eat. In this Instagrammable world, everybody is kind of worried about what they post, right? You base your friendships on that. They shouldn't be your friends. So many people get in financial trouble because their financial scoreboard is keeping up with the Joneses. The older you get, the one thing you learn is that experiences are what matters, not things, experiences with your friends and your family. That's what matters. Invest your time experiencing life and those you with those you care about. Now, I'm not saying not to go out and enjoy your life and spend things on you know areas that you appreciate. That's not what I'm saying, but don't do it to keep up with other people. Okay, so those are 10 basic principles that will save you 90% of your financial pain and suffering. Once you make a mistake in these areas, it's normally too late to pivot and it can take you years to claw back. It took me a decade to claw back after the decisions that I made in 05, 06 that, that came to roost in 07 and 08. I look back though, and I'm grateful for that experience because it, it taught me so many things. But trust me, you if I can help you avoid it, I will. But for my particular situation, I look back at it as a blessing um, because of what it has done um, to help me get to where I'm at now. So next, I want to go to some areas that are a little bit more below the surface. I've learned these concepts over the years and they have proven quite helpful to me. It's advice I've been given through virtual mentors, thought leaders, books, and personal experience. I'll lay them out in no particular order um, of importance, okay? So use this list as a guide slash checklist to do your own research and to ask the questions of the proper people. Okay, when you're hiring, number one, when you're hiring a personal assistant, hire or personal uh, financial advisor, excuse me, hire a fiduciary, okay? A fiduciary is one 
that puts your success first, okay? And doesn't focus on selling you their company's products. This is the first question you ask a, someone who calls himself a certified financial advisor. Before we go any further, I want to ask you one question. Are you a fiduciary? If they are not, move on. Don't just hire a friend or the first person you meet. This is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. It could save you, it could save you millions of dollars in mistakes over the life of your career just based on just based on um, service fees in and of itself, okay? The difference that people charge for their services. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to read more on that, read Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. You will learn stuff from that book that will wake you up. Number two, convert to a 15-year fixed on your mortgage. If you own a home, a 15-year fixed is a wonderful tool. My wife and I have had one for about five years for both of our properties, or at least one of our properties. We have them on both now. It's a form of forced savings where almost 50% of your payment, based on today's rates, goes to paying off your principal, okay? This is one of the smartest financial decisions Amy and I have ever made over the years. The loan amount just melts off every month. 15-year fixed. Number three, diversify. Your financial advisor will advise you on this, but let me give you some advice I was given by one of the top traders in the bond market. He told me to limit the amount of exposure I have to real estate invest investments. Okay, this is going to ruffle some feathers here today. We're in real estate, right? We should invest in real estate. Yeah, um, but you want to really put a lot of money down if you are in the world of real estate brokerage. Okay. He told me that since all of my income is coming from the real estate industry, that I should be very careful having all of my quote unquote eggs in one basket. He said that, that those that see huge financial setbacks are those that don't diversify income from their investments. He said the people that got slaughtered the most in 2008 to 2012 were the ones that had all of their money in one area of concentration. And I have taken that advice to heart. I don't have enough time personally to take on too much risk, okay? Um, so if you buy real estate, which of course is a wonderful investment, put a lot of money down, have very, very low leverage. Back in 05, 06, people were, um, buying properties and then they were getting a, you know, they were, you know, getting a, an appraisal and taking cash out 
to where they'd only have five to 10% down in an investment. And when things turned, they were done. I mean, by the millions of dollars of loss. So diversify, okay? If you want more on buying real estate as an investment, follow Grant Cardone on his social channels. And he'll tell you, put a lot of money down when you're buying real estate so you can avoid the difficult times. Number four, compound interest is real. Just Google the following four words. Compound interest, Benjamin Franklin. Take 30 minutes and read the top three articles on this topic. You'll thank me later. Start investing as early as you can, even if it's $500 a month. Number five, implement financial software. I love Quicken because I find it easy to use. And I like what, that it gives me a clear picture on my net worth. Running total, okay? Gives me a running total on my net worth, which is my primary scoreboard as at this stage of my life. I'm paying down debt. I'm adding money to my investments. The more I pay down my debt, the more I add to my investments the higher my net worth. And that's where a lot of you guys want to get into the world of how I set my goals. Most of my goals are set around net worth. And I love Quicken because it gives me an update daily on where I sit there. Number six, budget. Create and stick to a budget. At this stage of my life, high income. Listen to this. High income, low debt, and low expenses is my financial mission statement. It should be for everyone, right? High income, low debt, low expenses. You've got that. You've got good investments. You've got cash put away. You can, you can weather a lot of storms. All right, so you need a budget to plan and track your spending. There is, uh, you know, again, so much financial waste in people's lives. Convert that waste to, it, to your investments. All right, you need a budget. Number seven, SEP or Roth IRA. The first question you should ask your fiduciary is, how much to fund your SEP IRA or Roth IRA if you qualify. Okay, you need to max out your tax savings through these proper financial instruments. Ask your financial advisor once you've made that decision, okay? Number eight, college savings. Start a 529 plan, 529 plan early when and if you start a family. College today is anywhere from 35K to 100K a year per child. University of Chicago just announced, why do I know this? Because I've got a daughter going off to college. Allie's going to college in the fall. Okay. You might get a little bit less than 35K, but not much. That is a kind of the baseline starting point, but University of Chicago just basically uh, stated, I don't know if they stated it, but a publication stated that they will be the first $100,000 a year college tuition 
university. So start early. Um, you're allowed to, I think, uh, put away up to $10,000 per, per child. Ask your financial advisor on that, but put money away. Okay. Number nine, this one is a little bit lighter, but one that I have found important. And that is buy quality. How many pairs of jeans do you have piled up in your closet and you wear one or two pair? And they're their most expensive pair, but you wear them over and over again. And that other eight pair, nine pair, whatever, just sit there and you never use them. Buy quality, okay? Run, run your uh, wardrobe through your hell yes filter. Purchase better, but purchase less. I build my wardrobe based on, is this something I'm going to wear in five to seven years or want to wear in five to seven years? Especially as it relates to um, dress clothing and sweaters and, you know, stuff like that. Number 10, quarterly financial cleanup. Businesses love low-cost monthly subscriptions because subscriptions find a way to hide. Do a quarterly, if not monthly, cancellation purge of services that don't serve you. Okay? Apple is the worst, right? Your Apple apps. You go and buy a... Uh, a subscription and they just sit there and they just bill you, right? All of a sudden you're like, where'd that 53 bucks come from? Well, it was an annual uh, subscription that you hadn't used for a long time and it just automatically renewed. But you got to go in very easily, go into your Apple and just start canceling those subscriptions so they don't renew, okay? Number 11, protect your credit rating. I've had LifeLock for five years to protect my credit rating against fraud. It has saved me at least several times where people have tried to start a, uh, you know, a Comcast account or a AT&T mobile account. They called me and said, nope, not mine. Also run your credit at least annually just to make sure that you of your credit worthiness. Again, um, this is something super important and things can end up on your credit that you don't even know until it's time to go get a mortgage or, you know, car loan or something like that, right? Number 12, pick your partners well. If you have partners in a side hustle business or investment, please, please, please do not take this lightly. Have an attorney create proper partnership agreements to protect your position. I was in a um, construction project with five other partners. They stopped paying the mortgage in 2008 and left me on my own. I was the only one. They had lawyered up and protected themselves and stopped paying, left me out on an island. Um, and I had to basically, personally, get the partnership out of that situation. Yes, that happened. Um. Number 13, invest in your self-development. In today's topic, if today's topic is, you know, kind of blowing your mind, get real with yourself and learn these financial basics. I will post on my, I posted on my Instagram and Facebook yesterday 
Instagram and from the desk of Jim Miller, several books that have been game changers for me. It's on a stack, okay? There's a stack of books. Those are all wonderful, okay? Wonderful, wonderful books. I would start with I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, okay? Number 14, I'm almost done. Hang with me. Get aggressive. If you're in a tough place financially, get aggressive. Disappear for six months or however long it takes. Work your tail off. Live like a student and pay the debt off. You cannot outrun it. Get aggressive. Number 15, review all your financial documents before you sign it. There's one term that you should be incredibly familiar with is personal guarantee. That project I was just telling you about, one of the partners just had his assistant put some documents in front of me and said, hey, so-and-so needs you to sign this. And I just signed it. Didn't read it. One of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life financially. Review all of your documents. Do not sign anything unless you know 100% sure you're sure of what you're signing. Nobody taught me this stuff. But I'm teaching you today. All right. As I wrap up here, um, there is a chapter in The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham called A Crisis is a Terrible thing to waste. Another book that you need to run, don't walk to buy this book. This one chapter has another seven pages of content on today's topic. He outlines in the book the importance of avoiding mistakes as your most important financial tool. Two or three mistakes can can bury you, all right? Two or three mistakes can bury you. It's about avoiding the mistakes. Trust me, I would know, and my goal to help you, like I said today, through this call, is to be aware to avoid those same mistakes so you don't have to go through them yourself. Financial literacy needs to be a focus for everyone, no matter your age or current situation. Use this list today as a checklist to guide your self-development and research on this incredibly important topic. Everyone's approach will, um, every, every, you know, everybody's approach and, you know, risk tolerance will be different. Okay. I have, I have to be very, very conservative or fairly conservative financially in my fifties. Cause I can't risk another 2008 cause I just don't have a runway long enough anymore. So I'm hoping that these ideas resonate with everyone. You really want to supercharge your knowledge on this topic. Like I said, I've posted those books. And uh, let's go to my Instagram. It's there. Um, posted it last night. And it's on the from the desk of Jim Miller. Um, I had to dig a lot. This this call took a week for me to write. Normally, I write on Saturdays and Sundays. Started writing it last Sunday, and I went through my 
my uh, database in my mind, right? Database of experiences. I put them all on this call. That's why we went 30 plus minutes. But if I can help anyone uh, avoid some of the mistakes that I made just out of pure lack of knowledge, I'm hoping that today will be uh, beneficial for you. Okay. So have an awesome holiday today, President's Day, and, um, you know, enjoy the rest of your week, team. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.